Psalm 102, verse, amen. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Psalm 102, verse 17 is my text verse. I was sitting there thinking if you are half as interested as I am excited about the truth, it will be worth your coming today. When I look at Bible truth, I look at a text or a truth. And then I look at a context, and then even a greater context. I think in my mind often a bullseye, and uh, you have, of course, several circles around the bullseye, and uh, you try to hit the bullseye. Some, I, sometimes I miss the whole board, uh, but, uh, but, but, but as I look at a truth, I look at that's my goal. That's what I want to accomplish is to transfer that truth from the Word of God to our hearts and minds and to our lives. But then I think it makes it valuable when you look at the context. Uh, I don't want us to look at just one flower. I want us to see all of the garden and then uh, we'll focus on that one flower after we see the beauty uh, of uh, the garden. Have you ever been sent to the store, fellas, uh, to get one vegetable from all of those vegetables at Kroger or at the grocery store? And whatever individual one it is, I see some of you, of you smiling. I can always find cookies. I can always find uh, potato chips. But radishes and those little, one little vegetable, it's hard to find. Uh, but uh, when you look at all of that, and that's what this chapter's about. And so I, I want you to look at the text and then we'll pray. And then give me some time to build the context and then we'll go away with the truth today. Verse 17 is the text. It's the truth I want us to carry out with us today. He will regard the prayer of the destitute. The word destitute does not necessarily mean poor, but it means those that are in dire need of help. Uh, they're stranded, uh, they're stranded alone, uh, they're stranded, they're hurting, they're lost, they're in darkness. And uh, he says uh, he will regard the prayer of the destitute. And then he emphasizes that and says, and not despise their prayer. I want to preach this morning on the subject, the prayer of the destitute. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, with all of my heart, I pause to pray, not because I'm required to, and not because it is a formality, not because it is a, it is a habit. Lord, I genuinely hunger for the power of the Holy Spirit to help me as I speak every word and every sentence so that we can take this single truth home with us today. And Lord, it will help us not only in our Christian life, it will help us to be thankful for what a wonderful Savior and what a wonderful God we have. And I pray that you'd help us as we listen. May we listen with the hunger. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Psalm 102, uh, psalm 102 first of all, is a psalm of prophecy. And it is given in light of the seven-year tribulation period and then the 1,000-year millennial reign of Christ on the earth. You understand that the next thing to happen is the trumpet of God to sound and we'll meet Christ in the air. The seven-year tribulation period will get started on the earth when God judges the world for its sin and then we await the marriage supper of the Lamb and then the 1,000-year millennial reign. That's what he is looking way ahead to in this prophetic psalm. 
Uh, some have called this psalm a golden sunbeam because of what is said in verses 12 through 22. And the writer of the psalm actually turns his attention from the condition of the culture. Uh, you see, he's writing in a day that the people are exiled uh, and they are controlled under a pagan idolatrous culture. And he turns his attention from, uh, from what is uh, taking place currently. And we can look at our culture today and see much of what uh, they were a part of. And he looks ahead uh, to the day when Christ will be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So he's not going to look at the difficulties of the day. He's going to look at a coronation of the king. And so that's what the picture we're going to put in our mind. And let me say what I love to say so often. Uh, friend, it doesn't matter how dark the night and no matter how confusing the circumstances are around us, you can always find hope and help in the promises of God for his people for we are this morning on the winning side. If you've never made note of that before, make note today the child of God is on the winning side. Now, at the time of the writing, the throne of David was gone. <clears throat> it was empty. And, uh, but it would be claimed once again. Uh, it would be claimed as uh, the Bible tells us of the Christmas story in Luke chapter 1. And the throne of God in heaven is secure. But he's looking forward to a coronation day uh, when Jesus will be crowned King of Kings. Are you listening to me this morning? Now the thought and image of the psalmist is that one day there will be a coronation of coronations and Jesus would sit on the throne. Look at verse number 16. Verse number 16. We could do a Bible study and see all of the detail here. Uh, trust me what I'm telling you this morning. Verse number 16. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. And then as it was in the days of Christ and is in our day today, the great loving compassion of the king is shown and it almost seems that it's out of context because you see a coronation and in the midst of the crowning of a king, you see verse number 17. He will regard, or that means he will listen to, he will pay attention to the prayer of the destitute the prayer of the destitute, and not despise their prayer. Let me see if I can uh, uh, tell you a story or paint a picture of what's going on here. First of all, let's imagine a coronation. Let's imagine a coronation of a king. Imagine, if you will, uh, when uh, King Charles was crowned King of England, I believe in May of this year. How many of you saw any pictures or any video footage of that? It was a grand celebration, not just of a few minutes or a few hours, uh, but it lasted for days. Do you remember uh, the royal and grand entrance, even of just the dignitaries? I mean, it took them forever to get there uh, before the king came. Now, that's the picture I want us to see in Psalm 102. He is rebuilding. Uh, the throne has been destroyed. David, uh, his throne is gone, uh, but he will reestablish the throne of David and we're going to have a coronation. The people of importance and power and position are gathering. And that's what the psalmist is seeing in his mind at the coronation of the king. Uh, not just trumpeters, but the finest trumpeters of all the land have gathered to sound their trumpets for the coronation of the king. 
In fact, the finest musicians of all, of brass and woodwinds and stringed instruments, they're there. They're wearing their finest clothes of royalty and wealth and riches. Uh, they're all there. I mean, they not only wear their best, they purchase the best as the, is the coronation of a king. Now imagine the length of the ceremony. Now we're talking about the coronation of King Jesus. I mean the coronation of King Charles will seem like, seem like a kindergarten graduation uh, compared to the day when they crown uh, Jesus the king. Hey, and I've got a ticket. I'm going. I'm going to the coronation of the king and they won't crown him until I get there. Excuse me while I get excited. I'll get back to the sermon here this morning. Now imagine the length of the ceremony. I, I, I've been in inaugurations of governors. I've been in those. I've, I've walked in those long parades and I shook hands with all of the, uh, the mayors of the towns and the senators and the dignitaries. And, I, and in fact, one inauguration, uh, they, they, they assigned me my seat. And because I was praying or a part of that, I was sitting in the first four rows. And in those four rows, I was counting uh, all the different governors of uh, Kentucky that I was uh, sitting around. Boy, I felt like a country boy in high cotton right there uh, with all those governors sitting around me. The Democrats weren't enjoying as the Republicans were making speeches and you know how all that goes. I was sitting there. I went to the inauguration of a president, of President Trump. That was a, that was a grand thing. I, I mean, the, 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 the music was amazing. You know what was funny about that? I had my best suit on as did everybody. It started raining and we were all wearing the same ugly garbage bags over our suits. We looked like a bunch of peasants sitting there. We just had plastic because it started raining. We didn't want to get our good suit and tie and, 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 and suits. And so we're sitting there. It's raining. Uh, and, and finally it quit and we could show off our uh, nice suit to everybody. So that's what's going on here, all right? There's a coronation of the king. It's important to note uh, that uh, the psalmist is talking about uh, more than the change of power to the hand of righteousness. He's talking about the rebuilding and the remaking of a city and a nation of people. Now, folks, you understand the thousand-year reign of Christ is worth getting saved for, and that's just a precursor to heaven for all eternity. We're going to rule and reign with Christ. It's bigger than any inauguration, bigger than any coronation, and you, you've got to see the picture. You have to hear the sounds. The bands are playing. The crowd is cheering. Uh, the musicians and the best, the military power and all the regalia, it is on display for the king. Now, if you will now see the king, he's sitting on the throne. And I see that picture of King Charles as he finally uh, made his way after all of the uh, ceremony that uh, took place. And the king is now uh, sitting there on the throne. It's quite a majestic thing. That's what's going on here. But then something breaks the harmony of the patriotic music. Something breaks the focus of attention that has been on the parades and music and is now on the king on his throne. Something causes a stir among the crowd that has, a simple, that has assembled to focus on the coronation. What is the disturbance? What is the strange and odd noise? And then all of a sudden it appears there is a pauper, there is a beggar, there is a destitute individual that has broken through the crowd. 
he has broken through the security. He has made his way through the working class of people. He's made his way through the dignitaries that have gathered for the coronation. He has made his way through the crowd and he has actually come. Here he is, a destitute in the presence of the king himself. Everybody's just looking around. The music has stopped. Someone says, is anybody going to stop that man? Another remarks, how was he allowed to ever get in here? Another gasped, why would they allow such a beggarly person here? As they wonder about security or if someone is going to stop this destitute individual, the king takes his scepter and he motions for quietness. And what once was a loud celebration and ceremony of joy and gladness is all a quiet, awkward hush because the king's attention is focused on this destitute individual. They're waiting for him to say, remove that man. But he doesn't. The king says, bring him up here he needs to ask me a question the king says bring him up here he needs to ask me a question look at it verse 17 he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. You see, this king is not like other kings because this king did not come to the throne to be served. He came to the throne to serve. This is not just a king. This is the shepherd king who qualified for his position not by royalty or not by wealth. He qualified for his position as king when he was just a shepherd and a lion and a bear came to take the life of an innocent lamb and he fought the lion and the bear and he killed them as David did in his life and is a picture of Jesus, not just the king, but the shepherd king. And this morning, I just want to praise God and say, while all of the royalty and all of the uh, celebration and all the excitement of those that had already come to know Christ as Savior and had already trusted Him, when I raised my destitute voice and said, Have mercy on me, a sinner. Hey, dear friend, He heard my cry, He answered my prayer, and He made me a part of the coronation itself. Do you see it? It's in the midst here. Who is this king? This king is the Lord Jesus. No other king would permit such to approach. For I have seen those trying to get into a place uh, where security has uh, kept them from coming. In fact, I remember being at the inauguration of President, uh, President of Governor Bevan, and uh, they had asked me to come uh, to the uh, to the uh, not the governor's mansion, but to the Capitol. And, and, and the security guy said, you don't have a lanyard on. I said, yeah, I know, but, but the governor told me to meet him here. He said, well, I'm sorry. And, and, and I had a relative, my wife's brother, who was a lieutenant in the state police. He vouched for me and he said, 
he is supposed to be in there. The governor asked, and, and the security guard said, he doesn't have a lanyard on. So I had to leave. And as I was walking away from the Capitol, here came the governor. He said, where are you going? You're supposed to be at the Capitol. I said, they won't let me in. I don't have a lanyard. You told me not to wear it because I was up there praying in the ceremony this morning. Here's what he did. He put his arm around me. We went back to that same police officer that said I couldn't go. And he said, I'll be his lanyard. And we walked on through him. Friend, let me tell you something. I didn't get into heaven because I qualified. They didn't put my name in the Lamb's book of life because I, I qualified or I purchased my way in. The Lord Jesus put his arm around me. He said, I'll be your lanyard. I heard the prayer. I heard the cry of the destitute. And I'm a child of the king because of who this king is. Praise God, I became a child of God because this king is one who heard the cry of the destitute. I responded to the call when Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I responded to the call when he said, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Oh, dear friend, my sin was great. My righteousness account was bankrupt my guilt was obvious and had been declared my burden was heavy I was destitute but thank God for a shepherd king who delights to hear the prayer of the destitute my dear friend that's what Christmas is all about Jesus came to call the sinner not the righteous he came to call the destitute he came to call the broken the hurting the bound to come to him for mercy and grace and I believe that that's what God delights most in this morning hearing the prayer of the destitute I believe God is waiting this morning to hear the prayer of the one who would say I'm tired of living a life of running from God I'm tired of living a life in darkness and living in and agony and emptiness I'm tired of that I'm destitute oh God would you hear my prayer friend that's the prayer he delights to hear the most I believe God desires to hear the prayer of the sinner even more than the praises of the choir I believe he had, uh, I believe he enjoys more of the prayer of the destitute than he does the harmony of the singers I believe he enjoys hearing the prayer of the sinner more than the music of the musicians and the beauty of the congregational music this morning thank God for what happens in a church service and I love the singing and the praise and I love the sound of the instruments and I love uh, the voices that blend together oh but God is not just listening for that this morning he's just not he's not just listening for the children's choir or a solo or a duet or a choir number you know what God's listening to this morning the cry of the destitute aren't you glad that's what kind of God we have this morning when you recognize who our king is then you recognize why he hears the prayer of the destitute for he is the Christ, he's the Savior, he's the Shepherd, he's the Messiah, he's the Redeemer, the price paid for the penalty of our sin. For he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He came to set the captive free. He came to give sight to the blind. He came to give hope to the hopeless. You know what? It's a shaggy head that gets the attention of the barber. It's a fevered brow that gets the attention of the doctor. It's the clanking engine that gets the attention of the mechanic. 
It's the torn up shoe that gets the attention of the cobbler. It's the aching tooth that has the attention of the dentist. It's the indicted that has the attention of the attorney. It's the cry of the baby that has the attention of a mother. It's the hurt of a wounded one that has the attention of the rescue worker. And thank God it is the prayer of the destitute that has the attention of our God of heaven. Isn't he this morning a wonderful God? Genesis 21, I don't have time to tell the story, but we have the story of Hagar who gives birth to Ishmael. You recall the story in a time of in, in, in a time of not knowing how God would answer the prayer. Uh, uh, Sarah said to Abraham, "Perhaps you could have a child by my handmaid uh, Hagar." I'll not go through all of the story, but it ends up that she does have a child, Ishmael, and they're cast outside of the house of Abraham. And Hagar cannot stand to hear the crying of the baby. So she puts the baby over by itself and she goes at a distance away. And if you read in Genesis chapter 21 verse number 17, you would read some of the most precious words in all of the Bible when God said that God heard the cry of the baby. He heard the cry of Ishmael. Can I tell you this morning, God wants to hear your cry. He, gets, he gives his attention to those that are in need. You know what's sad? We live in a day folks think they don't need God. We live in a day that folks think that the material things of life can satisfy us. Oh, but dear friend, it doesn't matter how much is in the account or the possessions that we hold. That can't give peace in the morning hours. That can't give peace in the night, in the darkness, and in the sorrow of death and sickness and sadness. Oh, but dear friend, Jesus can. Jesus hears the cry and the prayer of the destitute. I think of those stories of Luke chapter 15 and I, I read the story of the shepherd that has a hundred sheep. Oh, but his attention's not on the hundred. It's on the one that is lost. And the Bible said he went and sought until he found it. Verse number 17, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. I underlined it in my Bible in red. I want to remember what kind of God I serve. By the way, I am supposed to walk in the steps of Christ. I am to hear the cry of the destitute. I'm to hear the cry, and you're to hear the cry of those that are in need and those that are empty and need to be filled with the hope of the Lord Jesus. We are to hear their cry. And God help this church if we ever come to a day that we don't want to hear the cry of the destitute. I believe when we come to the place that we turn our backs on the poor and we turn our backs on the hurting and we turn our backs on the broken that the blessings of God will stop coming to our church. I say this morning, let's hear the cry of the down and out. Let's hear the voice of the child that comes to church that doesn't have a father and a mother to bring them to church on Sunday. Let's hear the cry of those that have been forsaken by their own, taken advantage of by the world and of the devil. Don't forget the incarcerated ones. Don't forget the broken ones. Don't forget the ones that are addicted to sins and the things that the world has promoted. Oh, I say this morning as the Savior hears the cry of the destitute, so much the child of God hear the cry as well. This week I spent some time, about three or four hours with 
five hurting children. They're somewhat homeless right now. They, they don't know who their parents are. I'm talking about little children. As I remember their ages, I'm looking at my wife, her nod her head, yes or no, I believe it's five, seven, eight, twelve, and fourteen, something like that, close. Three little boys and two girls. They're not loved by a single family member. They, they won't get a Christmas card or a gift from dad and mom. They're being cared for in a home right now that is a temporary place for care. Their needs are being met. They're wearing good, clean, nice clothes. They have food. Everything they need right now is being cared for. Clothes, food, education. But they know that their current care is temporary. My wife and others prepared gifts for the children and I watched as they opened their Christmas presents I watched as they bounced a basketball with a smile not an expensive basketball just a basketball and I heard him say that's exactly what I wanted a new basketball one opened a football he said, hey, preacher, can you catch? As he threw me the football and I threw it back to him. My heart was broken. And as I was pondering this verse right here, and I was pondering this coronation, the celebration, the singing, the music, the laughter, the dignitaries, the important people, and all of a sudden it's come to a screeching halt as the king holds up his scepter and said, wait a minute, bring that man up here, he has a question for me. And he heard the prayer of the destitute. We brought the children in here and they played basketball and they ran and they raced. He said, wow, this is a big church. I gave each of them a hug and they hugged me. Something they won't get from a mom, something they won't get from a dad this Christmas. I'm glad I got to spend that time with them because as my heart broke for them and we did everything we could to love them and my mom feed them, fed them. And I said, I sure I'm glad that I have a God that I don't have to be rich. In fact, I don't have to have anything. He hears the cry of the destitute. More than a thousand children and young people receive a hot meal and a Christmas gift from you folks. You won't see them. Most of you won't. I watch a child and these bus workers know what I'm talking about. Take a chicken tender and eat it. Oftentimes put another in their pocket and say, I'm going to save that for tomorrow. Let me tell you, you and I are in our sin 
we're as destitute as a homeless child in our sin. Doesn't matter what we have, we're destitute without Christ. And I sure am glad that I have a God that hears the prayer of the destitute. I read these verses yesterday, I'll read them to you. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican as he points to another one kneeling at the altar. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven. But smote on his breast, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The scripture says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You feel like you're unworthy to approach the king of kings? He loves the prayer of the destitute. You feel like you're not worthy of the attention of the God of heaven? Do you think that you would interrupt others if you came to God? The destitute man did not let the musicians keep him from coming to the king. He did not let the dignitaries dressed in their finest keep them. And I don't know if the destitute knew what was going to happen. Ah, but can you imagine how he felt when the king raised his scepter, motioning to the crowd to be silent and for that man to be brought to him? Because God loves to hear the prayer of the destitute. I want to say this morning as we come to a close of this year, here in a few days, let's not forget what Jesus came to do. And let's not stop doing what God's called us to do. To reach those that are without Christ. Aren't you glad he hears the prayer of the destitute? Stand with me if you will. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. If you're here today and you're getting baptized, and I think some are, you just go ahead and make your way to the front now. and We'll get ready for baptism here in a few minutes. If you're here today and you do not know Christ as your Savior, you ought to trust Christ as your Savior today. If you're here today and you've been saved, you haven't followed the Lord in believer's baptism, we'd love for you to do that today. Water's ready and warm, clothes are ready. As we enjoy the Christmas holiday, and we should, let's not forget the way we got saved as we came to Christ with a cry of destitution, and he heard our cry. Let's be of help to others. Heavenly Father, bless the offering, I'm sorry, the invitation. I pray, Lord, that you'd bless the invitation. I pray, Lord, that decisions that should be made would be made. In Jesus' name I pray.
Amen. The altars are open as he plays the invitation song this morning. What a great God we have. He's great because of who he is and what he does. Let's always be a church and a people that care about others. Let's look for, let's listen for, let's watch for the prayer of those that need Christ. I want to say to you this morning, if you feel like your life is empty, 